Hey, this is Trish Stratus. And I'm Amy Dumas. And we are Team Bestie. Um, if you're going to geek out, geek hard. Oh, I was going to hit oh. the geek hard. No, oh. uh, well, it's okay, okay though. So you're going to geek, geek out? out? Geek hard. <laughs> We're going to geek out? Yeah. She geek wants hard. to tell you something. <laughs> that, this is a great take, though. You know, one take, one, just like, one, this. Just like this that. It's a done, really folks. long take, but it's one and it's fun. We are a barrel of fun. And if you're going to geek out, geek hard. Welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. We've already talked enough, but we're going to talk some more. Welcome to Geek Hard. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. Hey, howdy. Hey, how are you doing? Surviving. I'm a live again for the second week in a row i am a live it's interesting because we're a live but this week we're not live that's right we're not the popular 90s band live definitely not them we're definitely not the uh, 80s and 90s passed over your heads reference of memorex we are not live we are memorex so there we go. That's great. I bring up a, a band that is past its prime and you're like, no, let's go further. That's let's right. totally alienate the audience. That's <laughs> it. That is exactly the whole point. There you go. Well, audience, we, audience. we will be live next week, but That's right. we wanted to make sure you guys had another episode to hear while we were not live. That's right. But still we a live. That's right. Still a live. And we do appreciate, I joke about the audience from audience. We no, do he, appreciate remember it. folks, he's the one that said that <laughs> he's the one that's being trivial about your feelings. Whereas uh, I love all, each, each and every one of you. Okay. Each okay. and every one of you. Didn't know it was a contest. Okay. Fair enough. It's not a contest. They love me. Come on now. <laughs> they don't so, love either of us. They just love the old man. Well, maybe he'll show up later. Who knows? But we got a great show for you tonight. We're actually uh, bringing a little bit of the past, not the far past, but uh, the recent past. Uh, we're going back to Fan Expo in this episode and bringing you a pair of comic creator interviews that we did at convention with some of our favorites. Uh, I got a chance to talk with Fred Kennedy about his comic, his image comic, Dead Romans. And of course, Fred Kennedy, longtime friend of the show. You'll get to hear that interview in just a moment. And... Mr. Green talked to his favorite person to talk to at a convention who he hadn't talked to in years and essentially had very much the same type of interview that he has. He kept the rapport going. He kept the, the same feelings, the, the, the greatest hits, as you might say, as he talks to artist Michael Walsh. You'll hear that at the end of the program tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. It was great uh, getting a chance to see him again live and in person. You're right. It had been, what, three and a half, three, four three years. years? Three years. It's a yeah. long time in between like uh, us both being in the same place at the same time. There you go. Yeah. So you get to hear that. They talk about magic cards and more. And uh, 
We are bringing you a review of a film that we talked to the director of last week. We had Andy Palmer on the show to talk about his new comedy, The Re-Education of Molly Singer. And uh, we're going to give you a full review of that tonight. It is in theaters and on VOD right now. So depending on what you think of what we have to say, you might go to the theater or rent it later on this evening. You never know. That's a good way of doing it. Listen to us and then go see it. Yes. There you go. Then decide. Yeah. We give, we give our opinion. Then you decide, well, do I want to do this? Is it worth my while? And I know a lot of you do that already, and I appreciate that. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to hear my interview with fearless Fred Kennedy right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek Hard? answer listen to geek Hard while wearing a geek Hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek Hard. we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek Hard shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt oh we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. We've got some stuff happening on the show tonight. In just a moment, you're going to hear my interview with Fearless Fred Kennedy about his comic series, Dead Romans, which wrapped up at the end of August, and we talk about other things as well, and it's a good old time. We recorded it at Fan Expo, and just a reminder, folks, we are here but not here tonight. This is not a live episode. I know we've been doing a lot of pre-recorded episodes this month. I swear, next month, we're going to be live at least 90% of the time. Who knows? Maybe 100. Probably not 100, but maybe 100. I have good feelings. I've already got some pre-recorded interviews booked. So portions of the show might not be live is what I'm saying. If you people like our content, whether it's live or pre-recorded, and you're like, man, I want more, maybe some more of that pre-recorded feeling, you can go to patreon.com slash geek card and help us out. You know, Join up, become a geek cardigan, become part of the club. And in exchange, you'll get early access to podcasts, access to the library of Extra Hard, a podcast where Mr. Green and a special guest talked about movies, TV shows, actors, directors, ton of great people that he spoke to. And you also get a few other extras as well. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash and sign up today. Also, if you're like sitting at home going, okay, yeah, that's cool. 
But I want other people to know that I'm a fan of Geek Heart every time I leave the house. Well, there's a way that can work as well. By getting apparel at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Heart. As our good friend Jimmy the Short Order Cook says, we got a bunch of great shirts there. We got it for Extra Hard. We got it for Geek Hard. We got it for Back Issue Bloodbath. We got it for Mr. Green's Tasty Meats. We got one for The Old Man. It's a plethora of shirts. And if you're a Geek Hard fan, you're going to want to be getting these shirts, especially Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please get your friends a Geek Hard shirt or hat. I don't know if we sell hats, but we definitely sell shirts, phone cases, bags. Yeah, those things for sure. Hats. I'd have to double check. I, you, I you know think, what? I T Public, if you're not doing hats, what's wrong with you, T Public? That's what I say. So uh, definitely check it all out at tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. Now we're going to get into the first interview of the night. He's been a longtime friend of the show and a fantastic radio announcer, a fantastic television presenter, and also a fantastic comic writer his latest series dead romans a six issue miniseries from image comics wrapped up this past summer and while at fan expo canada this past summer i got a chance to talk with fred about that comic and more take a listen to that interview right now all righty so i'm here with my buddy fearless fred kennedy known him for years we used to ride the rails together we did we rode the rails and you had the greatest mid-length brown leather jacket i've ever seen and I have not seen you wear it in years, and I'm frankly upset. That is a bold-faced lie, sir. Did you wear it to the when we saw Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, at the Dungeons & Dragons screening I was wearing it, and your first words were, You wore the coat! Okay, yeah, but the thing is, when you see me out in public and I'm with my kids, all I'm focused is on don't let them die. Like, that's like my focus. Keep them in line, make sure they don't wander off. So, nothing that I say and stuff transpires when my kids are around really matters. There you go. Well, your your children were well-behaved and nice guys. I will say that. Good, good. Good. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. They were nice. Did they ask questions? Uh, well, no. You actually had them say, what do we say, guys? And they're like, good seeing you, things like that. Yeah, 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 pretty much. What do we say? Come on. Let's go. Go, go. That's my dad move right there. There you go. Well, we're not here to talk about dad moves, although we might later. We are here to talk about dead Romans. Dead Romans. Yes, Dead Romans, six issue miniseries just wrapped up. This is reading this book, man. It's like sitting there, it's like there's action, but there's so much drama. It is heartfelt. Yeah. I feel for Arminius. I feel for Heronia. Thank you. That you know, uh it's it's funny that you say you feel for Arminius. I think that at its core it really is just like a love story more than anything else. Just set in this horrifically horrible dark situation but at the end it really does come down to somebody who didn't have enough confidence in their relationship to be fully honest and then the repercussions blow up in their faces is really what it comes down to yeah it's very tragic and uh for you like this is kind of like your first real foray into very heartfelt, tragic, romantic tales. Was that something when you came into this, you're like, I want to actually challenge myself and go a little bit deeper? You know, I didn't expect Dead Romans to even land. It was kind of my last, well, if this works, this works kind of moment. 
because I'd kind of had a bunch of stuff during the pandemic like explode on the launch pad, and I'm not alone in that at all. Um, and when Dead Romans, the pitch pages came in from Nick, I was like, well, you know what? It's already done. Might as well just send it out, see what happens. Who cares? And then it landed. And so it was an opportunity where I was like, I've really got to make sure I do this properly. And I, and I love historical fiction stuff, but I'm very aware that historical fiction isn't like everyone's cup of tea or goblet of wine, as they say in Rome. So I decided I really needed to give the characters some really strong emotional bonds with one another, and they needed to hurt with those emotions. And I think that all of us can appreciate those times in our lives where we have tried to do the right thing, but we didn't think it all the way through, and it does not work out at all the way that we planned. So I think that we can't all relate to going to war in Germania for Rome, but we can all relate to those aspects, you know? Well, not all of us can relate to going to war in Germania, but, you know, I'm pretty sure some pretty sure a few of us have. Yeah. Some people throughout history, I'm sure some people have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Now, of course, this team, you have Nick, Allison. This is like an all-star team that you guys put this book together. Are there plans to work on another project together? Well, there are. I can't talk about it I yet. Know. But I will say that there have been some very big conversations happening. Um, but the team itself, I am, as you said, like I'm incredibly grateful for my team. Andrew doing our letters. Nick, his art is just fantastic. And Jose Villarubia, which is, he's Jose Villarubia. And that's the funny thing. He goes, <clears throat> Nick goes, oh. I got my buddy, my buddy Jose, he'll do the colors. I'm like, oh, cool, all right, who's buddy Jose? And then I get an email, and I'm like, no. And it's Jose Villarubia. Like, when we were in San Diego doing our signing at the Image booth, more people came up to get other books that he's done signed than, <laughs> than our book, <laughs> which was a very, it wasn't, like, humiliating. It was very, like, humbling, but, like, moment of gratitude. Because I'm like, look at the people that I'm working with. This is insane, man. This is so good. So, yeah, we got a really, really solid team. And the final issue, issue six, final issue. Right at the very beginning, Allison and I kind of moved some parts around just for that issue. And I'm very, very pleased with how it lands. And it's a full team process that went into creating this book. So nothing but gratitude for the people that I'm working with right now. That's awesome. Emotions. Well, emotions. I'm having emotions. Yeah. Well, let's look. Let's let's go further with those emotions. How does it feel to be uh, nominated for best new series in the Tripwire Awards? I was. I didn't know that that had happened. And we have someone helping us with publicity. Don't hide PR. A Melissa. She's the best. If you're got a book and you're looking for someone to help you weed through the crazy world of publicity, she's fantastic. She told me about it, and then I looked at. I'm not going into this expecting to beat Mark Wade and Tom King. So, so, like, don't get me wrong. It's it's a it's a pleasure to be nominated, and it really is. My name is in sentences with guys of that caliber is a huge deal. So, although it's funny to see the Human Target be listed as a new series. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? I'm just excited to be here. I just. Just a thrill to be here. It's a magical evening. I'm excited to be here. There yeah, go, yeah. That's awesome. Now, of course, you know, you're active on the social media as yeah. being a not only a comic creator, but also a radio personality. Mm -hmm. You're out there. And sometimes you put out some really interesting words of wisdom. Uh -oh. 
Uh, in fact, uh, you had an interesting poll recently. You always call, you always call me out on this stuff, too. <laughs> so, you say, if you were to die wearing dentures, would they be ghost dentures, ghost teeth, or a gummy ghost mouth? And it looks like gummy ghost mouth won. I don't understand how that works, because you've never seen a ghost that has no teeth. Actually, maybe you have, but I think that if you die... Someone had said that when you die, you go, you get to choose, you go back to your prime. Then who is going to choose to die to be like all decrepit and miserly, you know? I personally think that when you die, a crow carries your dentures back to the land of the living. So you're a ghost, but the dentures are alive. Okay. Oh, so you're just floating. That's a good idea. I like the idea of having some ghost, regrown ghost teeth. That's pretty nice. Then do you go to the ghost dentist? Like, how does that work? Can you lose your teeth when you're a ghost? It's a lot of questions to have, and Halloween is the perfect time to have those questions. You don't want to go to the ghost dentist. They, their charges are murder, really. They are. They are. Hey, we're doing but some dad hey, jokes. Hey! Oh, my God. So to finish off here, of course, another thing that just wrapped up, season one of Mud 79. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for people out there who haven't heard about it, that you might want to let them know about this really interesting podcast radio play. It's like Platoon meets Star Wars is really what it is. It's set five years after the end of the Clone Wars, and you've got uh, this kid who's on this planet. They fought for the Republic during the Clone Wars, and he wants to leave. Like He, he doesn't want to work as a farmer. He doesn't want to work as a mechanic on the launch pads. He's never going to make it as a pro Limmy player. So he sees the Imperial Army as a way out, and when the story starts out, he makes a big deal. My family fought for the Republic. This is just... The Republic with a new flag. That's all it is. And that's the way he thinks about it when he signs up. And then, of course, he learns that not really. That's not what it is. And so he has to deal with the situation that he's gotten himself into. And I uh, I watched, like, the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary. And that was sort of one of the big, like, inspirations was how you've got so many of these guys that their father fought in the Second World War. They had cousins who fought in Korea. This is my war. This is my time to do these types of things, you know? And then they go over there thinking we're the good guys. And it's like, are we the good guys? Are we not? Are, are we not? Like, it, it's... And that's the kind of story that I wanted to tell. Like, he is fighting for the Empire. He doesn't have any real imperial beliefs at all. But the people that aren't with the Empire want to kill him. So he's left with this what do I do kind of situation. I'm trying to survive in this horrible area of the galaxy. And then it's really like, I'll say this. I think that people that work at Disney, I've been listening to it. I'm just going to say there is, there's two specific scenes in Mandalorian season two, which came out like a year after the first season had finished the original run of the first season. There's two scenes that are identical Two things that have happened in the play to the point where I'm like, they're even the same alien species in this situation. But, you know, I don't own it, so there's really nothing I can do about it. <laughs> but we remastered the first season. We started running in June. And then season two, episode one, dropped. And we'll have a new episode every Thursday until midway through January. Fantastic. That's great. And for our comic fans out there who also like Star Wars, there's a number of your favorite comic creators who have guest voices in this. Yeah, Mike Walsh is in there. Adam Gorham is in there. Heather Antos is in there. Andrew Wheeler. 
Oh, man. There's a lot of... Uh, Kalman Andrushovsky is in there. My editor for my book, Allison O'Toole, is in there. Jason Lowe is one of the main characters in the story. Oof, there's a lot, eh? There's a lot. So there you go. So tons to enjoy. So definitely go check it out. Fred, I want to thank you for talking to me once again. It's always a pleasure, man. <laughs> and you give the best hugs. You I do. Try. You I do. Try. All right. So thanks a lot. Thank you. So that was our interview with Fearless Fred Kennedy, where we talked about Dead Romans. Of course, uh, stay tuned. There will be a uh, trade coming out for Dead Romans, but uh, you can probably track down the issues at your local comic shop. Definitely check it out. Any word on those hats, Mr. Green? Uh, I'm still double-checking here. does not look like there's hats. Okay, so it ruins my rhyme, but we still got T-shirts, we got phone cases, we got bags. We got a bunch of great apparel for you to purchase at tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. So definitely check it out. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, myself and Mr. Green are going to be talking about the re-education of Molly Singer starring Britt Robertson. Jamie Presley, Time Simpkins, and Nico Santos right here. Key Card Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy. What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard. We're back. We're bad. He's green. I'm rad. And uh, we're not live tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm, I apologize. We will be live next week and the week after that. But for right now, we're pre-recorded. We're in the past talking to the future. Giving some wisdom to... All of you youngins out there. That's what we, we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. That's right. And how do we do that? By reviewing movies. Because that is how you truly pass on wisdom. By critiquing others. That's, That's, what it. That's it. We are here to re-educate you. There you go. And what better film to re-educate you with but the re-education of Molly Singer, directed by Andy Palmer. Hey, I know him. Written by Todd M. Freeman and Kevin Haskin. Produced by the Warner Davis Company and Hemlock Circle Company. And distributed by Myriad Pictures. Here to read the synopsis is a man that it seems very much like he's the most important person to all you people out there. Especially when we're pre-recorded. And that is the old man back on the program. 
Hey, how's it going? Hey, that's going good. But you last week, I was counted down because you didn't have anything for me to, I didn't get to read a synopsis. I got to talk. Yeah, but no synopsis. And then I realized like, Oh, if I had gotten you guys to give me all the movies that you guys saw and I read all the synopsis, I'd be pretty tired. It would also be like the entire show. Yeah, but that's actually good for you guys still, right? Right? No, 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 no. That you know. I don't like, know unless, about that. I don't know about that. Unless I was super tired, you know, and I needed a nap. Aren't you always tired, though? You always seem kind of like you're going to drift off. Well, that's fair, too. I do kind of sit into the, the drift off category a lot of times. So maybe. Mm. It may, maybe it would have worked. I don't know. There you but go. So I know Andrew would have been very disappointed. Well, I would have been disappointed because I want to talk. Well, you don't always need to talk, you know. Sometimes... People learn more by what you don't say. That's true. That I true. learned, I, you know, and to the old man's point, Andrew, I learned a very important acronym recently. Oh, that yeah? Is, yeah, that is WAIT. Okay, what's it stand for? Why am I talking? There you go. I don't know why he's talking. It's my time. It's my time on here. It's Might be your time, time up there, but it's my time on here right now. To save her job, a lung... Lung. Oh, my God. Maybe I should go have a nap, eh? Oh. I think you might. All right. To save her job, a young lawyer must go undercover, enrolling as a freshman at her old alma mater, in order to resuscitate the well-being of her boss's terribly awkward teenage son. Well, I had a terribly awkward teenage son. I sent him to divorce. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which he, one? The, the one where there was 300 of us. And we took on. Oh, that war. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was like, the Persians. I got, there was a lot of them. There was some, there was actually one group of people with masks. That if we killed one, another one just popped up. It was crazy. That's the way it goes sometimes. To and be one honest. of these guys was like a dick. He was like, you know what? Our arrows are going to blot out the sun. And a friend of mine, he was like, he was, <laughs> he was a bit of a joker. He was like, well, then we'll fight in the shade. We had a good laugh about that one. We did. <laughs> we did. It was good times. My son didn't think it was that funny. He didn't come home. But anyways. Well, that got dark real quick. Well, I'm still around. <laughs> Worked wow. out good for me there, you know. You're you're just a ray of sunshine. Okay, oh, okay. A ray of sunshine that didn't come true because the damn arrows, you know. So, oh, yeah, fair. That's there fair. You go. All right. So, yeah, you tell the people about this Molly Singer thing, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to go sharpen my blade. See ya. What did he, what did he just say? I don't, he, I, he's getting very, very dark lately. I don't know, man. It's, I, I'm concerned. Oh my God. That's crazy. We, we, wow. we might need to watch what we say around him. Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about the re-education of Molly Singer. That'll bring the spirits back up here. A new comedy directed by Andy Palmer. We got to talk to Andy Palmer last week. We had a ball with him. What were your thoughts on the re-education of Molly Singer, man? Uh, well, we talk a little bit about it in the interview, right? But it's, it, it really does harken back to uh you know the old school um you know high school and college films of the 80s you know where it's it's you know a ludicrous setup ludicrous with, wasn't in this film yeah no they weren't in space um you know just is just a ridiculous ludicrous setup for a story that doesn't make a lot of logical sense but at the same time you're kind of like meh I, I, whatever this is, I wish this happened in real life, you know, yeah. or whatever. And, uh, and then, you know, and that's just the setup of it. And then beyond that, then the, the hijinks and the insanity that takes place when they, uh, 
when Molly and uh, and uh, her uh, her best friend Polly go back to college and uh, to try to help young Elliot uh, not be a loser after he you know uh, nearly kills the uh, the star the star uh, uh, quarterback yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, but that's like, you know, that's a, that's a Monday morning at the first day of college. Britt Robertson is a really good actress who I could always tell she had a sense of humor, but like a lot of her roles don't kind of lend towards that. So it was, Mm. it was really great to see her, you know, stretch out beyond that, at least for, in my experience, uh, you know, that's without going through every single one of her, her credits, you know, maybe there is a couple comedies in there and I've just missed out on them. But like my experience with her has always been a more of a, a serious tone. And uh, with Tomorrowland probably being the funniest, uh, you know, up to this point uh, until this film. And uh, I think it was nice to see her do that. Of course, working with Nico Santos is, you know, like that guy just, he just makes me laugh by existing. Like he's just one of those guys who walks into a room. And I don't mean that in a, in a mean way. I just mean like, he's one of those guys when he walks in, you just can't help but laugh. Like he makes you yeah. feel good, you know? And you know what I'm talking about. You've met people like this. You've seen people like this, where it's like you, whatever it is, when you, it doesn't matter. You just naturally like them. And Nico plays some like really scuzzy characters, but you just can't help but, want to watch him more like he's very magnetic like that and putting these two together working at seeing them work together and do their thing it was it was great and a bit of an odd you know like uh odd couple kind of pairing right you know between the two of them and it really i think it really helps and it works here right and then there's of course other great performances in here like uh jamie presley in this very weird but in the exact right way for this type of movie yeah, I thought I really enjoyed her performance on that because also like a lot of times Jamie Presley gets typecast as like the angry person, you know? Yeah, angry or super hot or oh, both. Yeah. She can be both. both, yeah. Right. Both can and happen at the same time, totally. Yeah, it's amazing, folks. <laughs> People have more than just one element to them. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, in this, it was nice to see her playing kind of more of a, again, she's playing a mother in this and she's, She's very nurturing. She still has, you know, some wry humor. She's mm-hmm. very sarcastic. She some has of the anger's in there. But, some of know. the anger's in there. And she has an interesting way of proving her point and stuff like that. It's great. Um, and her parenting style is unique. Yeah, no, definitely. Very unique. Perfect performance in this. I think she plays her part the best. And, of course, we talked last week about uh, Jack Shear as Stu. Mm-hmm. Amazing as the classic '80s yeah. bad guy in this uh, modern film. Um, there's, a, of course, like I had tons of fun with this movie. There's little nitpicks that I feel like story-wise, if they did these things, it might be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like when Molly convinces the quarterback to sue the school. Right. I think it would have been cooler if he used her firm. Then that way she would have been gotten in good with her boss. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's just a little thing. If they had to wrote that in, I would have been like, that's a good touch. And then the other thing is, I feel like Sierra Ramirez is Lindsay is very underdeveloped that she's kind of just put in there as like, almost mm. like a prize, which is not great writing. Now they don't treat her that way, but there's very limited screen time for, her and the, we, I would have liked to see her more, interacting with Ty Simpkins Elliot 
about their MMA love because they only touch on it twice. And it's like, I feel like they could have delved more into that to show more of their kinship. Yeah. More of the, like the friendship side of things and, you know, and, and build that up a bit, but again, yeah. but I understand, I, 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 I understand with that. They were going for comedy comedies fast. They were going for what's yeah. the quickest way we can tell the story. So I don't hundred percent fault them. I'm just saying it would have been nice to have seen more of Lindsay. No, a hundred percent. And I, and I completely agree. I think there was some opportunity there for that, mm -hmm. um, where you could have gotten some of that, uh, you know, pulled off and, and, and really enhanced the relationship between her and, and Elliot, um, and, and how they kind of, you know, moved to together with the storyline. Um, but at the same time, as we both know, like if you're going to fall, if, if you're following the, the, the trope that this is kind of following, then her character being lesser, uh, you know, story-wise is kind of how it goes, right? Um, I'm not saying that to defend anything. I agree. I think that she should have had a little bit more in there. It would have been nice actually to see her and uh, Molly uh, maybe be a little bit more like interactive. Yeah, yeah. Like and 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 same thing with Polly. Like maybe like the three of them, something that helps, you know, like kind of offset things. Now, with all that being said, some of the things that they did that are within the trope of the genre of this, like this type of film. Um, they did some of them like straight up, right? Yeah. Like straight up, we're going to do this, you know, uh, um, like the, um, uh, the, the beer contest, uh, the booze cathalon. Know. Yeah. Thank you. The booze cathalon, like that very reminiscent of everything within the trope itself and how they played that out, you know? Uh, but, at the same time, other parts of it were kind of, you know, in different areas. Like they were kind of like updating this a little bit. We're going to, we're going to kind of take this other little trope, you know, aspect here, but we're not going to quite do it the way that you're used to, uh, you know, like going back again to Jamie Presley's character, like her mother, her motherly advice, not exactly what you would expect from a lawyer mother, but at the same time, valuable lessons. Mm very valuable lessons especially about consent okay. i uh you know i i both was very cringe and laughing hysterically at the same in the exact same moment i was just like oh what <laughs> so like I'm, I'm getting traumatized and i was just like oi um but at the you know like uh, being a kid who was uh, uh an only child growing up growing up with uh, just my mom different circumstances compared to Brenda and Elliot here, but there were some similarities about the, the, the types of conversations that take place. Right. Right. There's sometimes you, you end up getting more adult conversations at a younger age. Yeah. And you know, and Elliot uh, is definitely played as somebody who's gone through some rough times, you know, mm. clearly and uh, has had no choice, but to kind of grow up a little bit, maybe unfortunately, but at the same time with that, um, is just a different type of kid. You know, he's right. not the kind of kid, like as we learned through this film, he's not the kid that goes to the party. He's not the super popular kid. He's, you know, he's all, and we all have either been or knew a kid like that. No, know? totally. But like when it comes down to it, the most important thing about this film is, is it funny? Cause it's a comedy. And I gotta say, it's really fucking funny. Yeah. It is a funny film. I laughed and, a lot during this. Yeah. And like, and, and I said it, I said, I mentioned it in the, uh, in the interview. Right. But that, that first joke, uh, it's not the first joke of the film, but it's the first one that caught me right. was the whole thing about the oat milk. And yeah. it, 
I don't know what it was that day, but it was like, it was the right joke in the right moment at the right time for me. And I could, and I was just like, yep. Okay. Let's uh, give me, give me what you got here. And I, uh, it paid off. No, totally. Yeah. Funny film. It's got great action beats. It's a lot of fun. The, uh, the booze Cathalon is fantastic. Oh, and I, I want to point out and and just reference, sorry, I completely forgot about this, uh, is I, cause I just remembered is the, uh, I love the flip on the, um, the, uh, stealing the mascot trope. Right. There is so, like at the, in the, in the opening, not the end of it, but the opening segments of it. Uh, I just really liked how that the, uh, the kidnapping, uh, went awry. Right. Yeah. Cause we actually haven't mentioned, uh, Holland Roden yet who plays uh, Trina uh, in this, who ends up being kind of the mastermind antagonist of this story. And uh, of course we mentioned Zach as Stu, but, uh, but Trina is just as important when it comes to the bad guy element of the story. What funny enough though, is that while as Stu is very much your stereotypical asshole, mm -hmm. Trina kind of has reason to hate these people. Yeah. And that was another and thing viable reasons. Like she's, it's another, it's one of those villains where you can kind of get where she's coming from. Now she goes to, she goes to measures that she should not, but you're like, Oh, I kind of understand your motivation here. You know? Yeah. You, you have turned into what you hated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was doing really well. I also thought it was kind of, it was odd. It was funny, but it was odd how Wendy Malick popped up as Mrs. Zimmerman at the beginning yeah. and end of the film. Just so like, no, there's, I wonder what Mrs. Zimmerman's story is really all about, you know? No, totally. This is where Wendy Malick is. She's so great. Yeah. She's, she's such a great character actor that she can come in, do a couple little scenes like that and still kill it with like comparatively to everybody else, very nothing to do, but still make it work. Right. And that it was great. I, back to actually, sorry, when you're talking about holding there for a minute, it, it just reminds me that's another minor criticism I would have, I've had with this film is that I would have really liked if they had addressed some of her and Brit's characters from situation. when they were in college. Yeah. Yeah. Like address that kind of, especially now, like the reversal situation, but also the fact that Molly didn't quite understand even adult Molly didn't understand the problems that. Yeah that was part of this and i'm like you know like i i think that's a missed opportunity but i again that would change the film dramatically exactly exactly it's like and they were definitely going for like breakneck comedy pacing so yeah, more irreverent I, more fun you know we don't need to get into the deep into the weeds about the you know uh the mental health implications of uh bullying and and other things that go on right yeah because it's not that type of movie but uh for you are you somebody that says see it in theater, rent it on VOD, or skip it all together? Um, I would I would say this is definitely a a, a, a very strong uh, streaming uh, situation. I think that this is a uh, I don't know if necessarily if I would go to the movies to see it, uh, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Where they go? Yeah, I think it would be it would be fun to watch it, uh, but I don't. Again, though, it's like I believe it's select theaters. So yeah, so for a people, lot of people, it's going to be streaming. People, well, it's not going to be streaming. It's going to be VOD. It oh, hasn't come to yet. streaming yet. It's available on VOD. Uh, I definitely think you should check it out. Definitely watch it uh, this weekend. It's a lot of fun. Um, and if it does happen to be playing in your your neighborhood, in your in your city, in your town, 
and you feel like going to see a movie, there are lesser choices out there. This is a better choice than some of the stuff you could go see. So I oh, would say, absolutely. yeah, I'd say it'd be worth the trip out. If you're looking for a night at the movies, definitely. And if you're in Peoria, go and enjoy it with the, with the, the cast and the director, uh, sorry, one of the actors and the director and uh, have some fun. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to hear Mr. Green's interview slash love affair with artist Michael Walsh from recorded at Fan Expo Canada 2023. Right here, Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. I'm holding back with all my heart, with every breath. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here, but not here because we're not live tonight. We are pre-recorded. Once again, we will be live next week. But for now, we've left you with this lovely little episode. And this is the last segment of the evening. Mr. Green... You got to reunite with uh, a man you love. Would you actually even yeah. say in the interview that you love him? <laughs> Artist Michael Walsh, right? Yeah, I did. It was. Uh, it had been a long time, and I, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it had been a lot of several years since I last saw him in person, and it's always great getting to talk to him. And we and I share a mutual love of uh, Godzilla, kaiju, and everything else in between. So you know, it was. Uh, it was a great time, and uh, I hope you uh, enjoy listening to t me talk to him as much as I do talking to him. There you go. So uh, they talk about kaiju and more right here. Take a listen. So, of course, I'm here once again at Fan Expo, and I, if I'm at Fan Expo and this man is here, I have to come see the incomparable Michael Walsh, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my favorite artists in, in comics right now. Uh, it's great to see you again, Michael. It's been years. It's been a while. I've been busy. Yeah? I had a baby. Right. Yeah. Great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, and just been working hard and yeah. being a dad. You must be really tired then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I came to the show already exhausted, so now it's just piling on top of each other. Right. Yeah, the exhaustion yeah. is on a new level. But yeah. you know what? It's very rewarding, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, you, so you're a busy dude. Like you got, of course, your home life. You know, is busy. You got new, the newborn, and uh, of course, your professional life 
continues to be super, super busy. Yeah. You know, you've, of course, you've got The Great Silver Coin, which is a book that, uh, you know, you've got out there. You've got uh, your dream book. Uh, yeah. You know, you've got so many things. You've got Magic the Gathering. You've got things that I, that I know you've already said you can't talk about, which, yes. which, that's, which we get. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off camera. Yeah. No, no. He still won't tell me. He still never tells me anything. No, uh, but yeah, you've got so many things on the go. Plus, you got the family. Like, like, dude, at this point, like, you, you already joked about being tired. Like, I, where do you find the time to, to draw and write and do all these things, plus raise a kid? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, and I took uh, four or five months off when I had the baby to, to pretty much have a paternity leave and to do as much as I could to help out my wife. So I'm just back to building a new routine and um, it's different, and I promised myself I wouldn't work weekends now that I've got a kid, and I try and stick to, the, like, the 9 to 5 as long as I'm not under some kind of deadline crunch, and I'm just building back up to the pace that I used to work at, so it's been a little bit of a slower year than usual, but now this fall is all of my projects are kind of kicking off at once, so I'm working on three or four books right now, and then next year's going to be a really, really busy year as I gear up for uh, a big new project that I can't talk about yet. Um, but yeah, wrapping up, uh, this fourth arc of silver coin right now. And I just, they just announced that I'm writing and drawing an issue of creep show, which is a really fun series based on the old movies and TV shows. A lot of writer artists are getting to, to deal with the, the horror world of the creep. And, uh, it's something that I grew up watching as well a little bit. It's one of those shows where like your parents would go to bed and you'd sneak sneak onto the TV at night and put on like Showtime or something right, right. and find the creep show show. But yeah, so that's been a real blast and getting to work on Magic the Gathering has been super fun. I've played Magic since I was a little kid in the 90s and it's got me back into playing the game as well, which is like all the nerd boxes are being ticked with that one. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, again, even less time for yourself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. But you know what, they're all fun gigs and it's really rewarding getting to draw the things that I love, so it's worth it. Yeah, so like Magic: The Gathering, of course. Uh, you pl- you played. You said you played it as a kid. I-, I remember playing it when I was younger. Not, I wasn't really super young. I came into it a little bit later. Uh, and you're doing uh, the card art, right? Like that's. Uh... Yeah, so I'm doing. Uh, I've done probably almost twenty cards now over the last couple years, um, and I've got a bunch of cards coming out in, in sets coming out at the end of this year and next year and they're very strict on their NDAs so I can't really say too much about what I'm doing but of the sets that are announced so far I'll have some stuff in Caves of Ixalan and I've worked on a secret lair and I've got stuff coming up in um, the western set that they just uh, previewed at the last event that they did for Magic the Gathering so a lot of really fun work they're really pushing me into my horror style which is fun to bring that into the Magic the Gathering world. Um, so yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to work on that as well. It's it's nice to break out of comics a little bit here and there, and then when I come back to comics, it's I feel refreshed and reinvigorated a little bit. Yeah, I got to imagine that that's uh, that is super helpful to be able to like you know because like even though it is still art, obviously, yeah. and it's in your wheelhouse as you put it, uh, you know it is a li- it's a little bit different. You don't have to worry about sequential, like, you don't have to worry about panels. It's none of that. It's just. You know, like essentially, like how big do you work on a card in its original form before it gets shrunk to the card size? So I usually still work on a, a, roughly the same size as I draw comic pages, so okay. 11 by 17 or 11 by 14, uh, and then shrink it down. But you have to be very conscious of 
the way that your lines are going to get muddled when they get shrunk down. So if I'm doing heavy black line work on a magic card, I try and simplify a little bit because it's going to be so small right. on the uh, on the on the printed card. So it's just like a different way of thinking about about the art that you're making. Yeah, I got that's uh, that's a really great point because I'm not even thinking about it. like at eleven by seventeen. To your point, like you can do a lot of detail, yeah. and you'll see it when it shrinks. But once you get down to a card this big, lines, yeah, you'll never see them. Yeah. So it's like it's about the economy of line and and deciding what's the most important things to show in the image. Do you think that that's uh, helping you in your your regular uh, comics art? You know, like now, like thinking a bit more like on that that side of things, or or do you like keep them literally separate in your mind? Like this is what I'm doing when I do magic, and this is how I have to do it, and then this is my style when I'm doing a comic. Um, a little bit. I, I I was already an artist that thought a lot about economy of line because my style in comic books is like a little bit more uh, simple and I do a lot of negative space and, and black work and blocking things in so it was something that I was already focusing on and familiar with in my work I think what I'm actually bringing back to comics from the magic world is that I started fully painting a bunch of my cards traditionally because there's a, a, a quite a diverse buyer's market for fully painted cards in the, in the magic art world so I've started doing some painting in my covers for comic book work none of that stuff has been solicited yet but soon there will be some covers by me that are fully painted, which is going to be, uh, I think, a change for some people that have been familiar with my work in the past. But I've been having a lot of fun just experimenting, and it's kind of reinvigorated my love of painting. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Because your art is, as I said, amazing. I always love it. I, I've been following your career since all the way back at the comeback, yeah. you know, all the way to the back then. Ten and years ago. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. But that is, you know, and seeing how you've evolved your style over that time has been amazing to watch. And that's the thing. You're a great artist. You do all those wonderful things. And that's why I love you. But there's another reason I love you. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, like myself, you love yourself some Godzilla. I do. You know, and so I'm just thinking, I'm just wondering now, like with the latest announcements of the MonsterVerse coming to television, they're going to get their own series. They're going to do some stuff there with uh, Monarch. They're doing the Monarch show. And uh, there's going to be another... Uh, Godzilla Kong film and you know all those things are you still like super pumped and excited or are you more interested in what's coming out of Japan on the Godzilla side I think more interested in what's coming out of Japan probably because I think of my all the recent Godzilla stuff Shin Godzilla was probably my favorite right Uh, I'm a huge fan of Neon Genesis Evangelion so seeing that director do this weird pseudo-political horror take on it. I guess Godzilla is always a little bit political, but I, I feel like for some people that movie was pretty dry, but for me it was really, really interesting. Yeah, we, when we reviewed it, Andrew on the show focused in on about the um, the bureaucracy that was being, uh, you know, really shown off in that film. And it was like, as he brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, right, like that is a, such a big part it of that movie. Part of that movie, yeah, which, which is just an interesting take. But I think that the... The Japanese Godzilla films focus more on that kind of stuff, where right. the American films are more about the spectacle, a lot, especially the last couple. Yeah, and I mean that's a big part of doing a kaiju movie or show is the spectacle. But I don't know. I, I think that the Japanese films have felt a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, because I, I think I just think for me, like I, I think I agree with you because I think the. Uh, they just get kaiju on a different level. Like I think the American version is too simplistic, like as you mentioned, like it's focusing in on the big action, the big destruction, the yeah. you know, the big monster fights, not 
the other stuff which has made Godzilla a huge IP internationally for the last 60 years. Yeah. I really would love to see, there's a comic called Half Century War. I don't know if you've ever read that by James Stoko. It's a Godzilla Half Century War, it's called, and it follows this soldier who for like the 50 years of history of Godzilla, he starts started off as just like a grunt soldier and then he worked his way up the military and it shows every time Godzilla has invaded in his fights with nice. Godzilla over 50 years and it adds this human perspective. I highly recommend it because this not only is the story fantastic, but James Stokoe is a Canadian artist and he's incredible and it's definitely worth reading. If you're a Godzilla fan, Half Century War, incredible book. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. See, this is why we do, we like talking to this guy, because he's going to recommend other people. He doesn't just talk about himself, he, which is another reason why I do like you, you know, because yeah. you let me talk about myself and my things that I like, that you like, That's which is great. But, um, no, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of cool things there. And, of course, this guy always draws amazing kaiju. Godzilla prints are always awesome if you can see them and whenever he works on something. Now, the other thing, of course, is that we, and you kind of hinted at it earlier when you were talking about, uh, you know, some of your... Uh, your drawing roots, as it were, almost, uh, the styles that you're kind of uh, becoming more known for. I first introduced you, you were doing, like, a, you know, crime stuff. Not so much anymore. You've been really focusing in on, like, horror and things like that. The last few times that we've talked to you, you've talked about how much you love horror. Yeah. You know, and I'm just wondering, like, you still loving the horror? Like, you still love doing it every day? Like, instead, or is you like, oh, I think I need a break and I got to go back to superheroes or something? I love drawing horror. I think for me, it's probably the most fun thing to draw. And I think that it plays to some of the things that I'm best at when creating art, um, which is like mood and tension and progressive storytelling. I am looking forward to doing some more action focused right. stories again. This year is going to be all horror still for the rest of the year, pretty much. And then next year, I'm going to be doing a little bit more superhero stuff again. But I do think I'll be bringing in some of my horror leanings into the stuff that I'm doing next year a little bit. Stay tuned for some announcements probably this fall about okay. something I'm working on next year, which is going to be a big deal. But yeah, I, I will be getting back to some more fun superhero stuff eventually, for sure. So there you go. For those who like the fun superhero action stuff, he's going to do that again. But of course... If you're liking Michael, you gotta love the horror. Like that's just like he's he's the king. You're the king. <laughs> the king of horror. I'll yeah, take it. yeah, right. It's it. You, it's it's Stephen King, Michael Walsh. <laughs> wow, right there. Right, 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 like right there. That's right. it. Yeah. Right. No, it's uh, as always, Michael. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. You know, I, I love seeing you at every show. Love seeing all of your work. Your new books are coming out. I can't wait to hear about the ones that you're not telling me right now. Right. I can't wait to see those. And uh, anytime you see Michael's stuff in a store anywhere local comic book store bookstore online whatever buy his shit because you'll not regret it absolutely not michael thanks again brother thank you for having me it's right. good to see you yeah so that was mr green's interview with michael walsh of course be on the lookout for the fourth uh part of uh the silver coin and mm -hmm. his work on magic cards which will be coming out soon in the uh, various packs that are coming out definitely keep an eye out for that Mr. Green, yeah. we've come to the end of the program. We have indeedy. Why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? As always, if you like what we do, you can always check out more content from us available at patreon.com slash geekard. For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are truly amazing. You're a big help with us keeping the show going every week. For those of you who don't, that's super cool. We love you too, but it'd be super cooler if you joined us. Yeah. Yeah, join us. It'd be cool. Come and join us. 
See, I'm trying a whole new tactic here, right? Join us. There you go. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. like that. It's uh, more happy, right? This uh, just, yeah, sign up on Patreon. You get, you get stuff. Like, that's yeah. really, that's all you need to know, folks. <laughs> that's it. Nothing else. We're not a pyramid scheme, but we might Stop be. Stop making people think we're a pyramid scheme. Like, you, you keep <laughs> shooting yourself in the foot. That's what you do. Uh, you can find additional content available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Heart Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekheartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. Of course, if you didn't listen to us live or pre-recorded live or you're super forgetful like I am, the best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. Like, there's tons of podcatchers out there. Whichever one you're on, we're on. So definitely, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. Absolutely. And if you want to continue the conversation by emailing geekhardshow at gmail.com. There we go. I want to thank Fred Kennedy and Michael Walsh for coming on the program tonight for Fearless Fred Kennedy for dead romans for michael walsh for magic the gathering for the silver coin for godzilla for the re-education of molly singer for mr green and for yuri all the way back there in the booth this is andrew young saying if you're gonna geek out you might as well geek hard on reality radio 101 thank you for listening to geek hard right here with your hosts andrew young and mr green on Reality Radio 101.